Hi there, I'm Maddie Savage and this is The Stockholmer, the podcast that brings you inspiring stories from Sweden's innovative capital. The Stockholmer. If someone says, well, we're the number one place outside of the US, obviously it's a, it's a really cool thing, something I wouldn't have dreamed of. That's John Wiedegren, the man behind Stockholm's first gourmet burger bar. He tried 64 burgers in 38 days on a US road trip as part of his research. And then he got his future customers to pay in advance for their meals to help fund his project. The Stockholmer went to meet him and to get a flavour of his next tasty plans. You're listening to The Stockholmer. So, John, thanks for giving us a peek behind the scenes of your restaurant. We're looking at the kitchen staff setting up for the busy lunchtime rush, grinding up the meat from scratch, chopping up some of the vegetables. First of all, I want to ask you, what exactly is a flipping burger? Why is it different from other burgers? It started with the basic idea of making everything from the ground up. So we're doing everything from scratch. We use only small-scale suppliers. We have a freshly baked organic bread. Now we also have a craft-made organic cheese. I wanted our burgers to be so basic that a regular cheeseburger with nothing on it was a really good experience. Your road to success is quite well known in Sweden. You blogged and ate your way around America. Then you launched a crowdfunding campaign here to help get the restaurant off the ground. It all sounds very clever, very simple when you put it in those terms. But what was it like to actually be there, launching Sweden's first and most successful burger bar? my trip uh, it was very intense I had like two or three burgers a day uh, and then sitting in a car for three hours another burger sitting in a car for another three hours and then trying to write a blog about it it was very hectic uh, not a lot of sleep but every town I came to I knew I was gonna eat the best burger so I didn't grow tired of burgers back then and I was so like pumped up just to be there and do this thing uh, and in terms of when we finally opened and all the all the hype that was going on, it was crazy. I think is the best word. Uh, I remember one day we had the officials calling us. We had neighbors complaining, and even the police calling on the same day, saying we need to because we had pe- too much people out in the street just waiting to get in. So your restaurant opened in 2012, and it, it sparked a real craze for gourmet burgers here in Stockholm. There's now about 30 places doing something similar, but yours has remained very popular among locals and it's also starting to appear on global lists of uh, places where you can get the best burger outside of the US. How does it feel to to hear your restaurant being spoken about in that way? Obviously it feels good. We're doing something good, otherwise we wouldn't be there. But if someone says, well, we're the number one place outside of the US making burgers, I don't know if the person who put together that list has tried every place, uh, so I'm, I'm trying to be <laughs> humble about it, uh, but obviously it's a, it's a really cool thing. It's very Swedish of you to be so humble and so modest. <laughs> I guess the other thing it's done though is it's quite ironic that Sweden's so famous outside of the country for meatballs and now the next dish that's kind of really putting it on the map yeah. is burgers. Yeah, I think it has to do with uh, Sweden has always been a very uh, open country, uh, very open to international influences, especially here in Stockholm. I think there's a need among amongst a lot of people to feel that they're a part of something new and, and trendy and, and taking influences from the world. There's still people queuing for an hour to get in here at the weekends. 
How have you managed to keep up that success, especially in the face of the competition of, of all of these other burger joints popping up across the city? We have basically the same menu as when we, when we open. We have basically the same burgers. But we do work a lot with our staff. Uh, and I would say, compared to a lot of restaurants, we have a lot of staff per customer. Tell us a bit about the restaurant, though, the style, the vibe, the experience you're trying to create for the customers in here. Yeah, uh, when we started, uh, I would say the I was looking for a classic burger shack, uh, a hole in the wall kind of place, which is good if you don't have any budget. <laughs> uh, and in terms of furniture and, and outlook and stuff, I, I knew I didn't want to make the classic American 50s diner place because that's what a lot of Swedes tend to go to when they think about burgers. And if you go around the States, I mean, most diners look like they're from maybe like the early 1980s. So I wanted the environment to be relaxed and, and almost a bit ugly. Uh, and then I have a lot of pictures from the trip from burger places and that's just to give a feel of what we're coming from and also to to give back to those places that I find inspiration from. Is there anyone in particular? Can we go and take a look? Yeah, I'd say my favorite places over here. Where is it? Oh, it's here. That's a place called Holman and Finch in Atlanta. It's a really nice, it's, it's actually kind of an upscale restaurant but they have really good burgers. And I think they expanded now, but when I was there, they only make, I think it was 24 burgers every evening. And they called them out at 10 o'clock. And the first ones to order got them. So it was a really cool thing. Looks like there's quite a lot of liquor in the window yeah, as well. Yeah, it was a good cocktail bar. <laughs> and was that part of your influence as well, to, to capture that, that evening element to, to grabbing a burger, rather than it being an, an on-the-go food? It's more of an experience to come here. I think uh, both. The feel here is if you want to sit here for two hours, you can, especially if you've been waiting for one hour. So you can have that restaurant feeling, that diner feeling. You can also be here in just your sweatpants and be hangover and have a good time. You mentioned that you had been working around the clock when you first got this off the ground. Uh, but you've also spoken before about the need to have work-life balance, to tap into that very Swedish work ethic. <laughs> Are you really managing to keep that up? Yeah, I think so. I came from a management consultant background, so one of the reasons why I started my own company was to manage my own time. Uh, from August to Christmas, I was at home with my young daughter, uh, and when I came back, I said to myself, if I could be away for almost half a year, i got to be able to be away one day a week. So now I'm working 75%. People listening to this internationally, I think, could still be quite shocked by that story the idea that you're running one of the most successful restaurants in town and you're able to take six months off it is a very Swedish way of doing things yeah I guess but I also think it depends on how you view yourself as a manager I think there's a lot of old chefs running restaurants and they want to be in the kitchen that's where they have the control that's their sort of mentality I was in the kitchen in the beginning, uh, I was everywhere, but it was never my plan to stand in the kitchen all along. I'm very detailed about some things, but I also like to delegate. At the same time, it was not also not my plan to expand with 25 units and just be an office manager. It wouldn't feel very creative to just open up more flippings. 
With that said, we do have an expansion plan, but it's not about expanding Flippin. I've been trying to get this out of you. It's this secret project which involves a food that's not burgers, but trying to get any more detail, I think it's like swimming through your very thick ketchup. Yeah. Is there anything you can tell us about what you're planning to do next? Well, I can tell you that uh, hopefully sometime during the coming fall, we're going to open up a, a bigger place that's going to be like an American beer hall type of thing. That's as much I can say about that. And then we have another concept that's going to be similar to flipping, uh, but not flipping, and it's going to be small on a smaller scale. But it's not going to be burgers. It's going to be a different kind of food. Yeah. Have you been travelling somewhere to taste 50, 60, 70 versions of this kind of food as well? Uh, no. We're uh, just working with our suppliers and put together a concept that I believe in. One of the ideas came to me when I was at home with my kid, so I wasn't one of those dads standing with the computer in the park, but my head got a lot of time to think and reflect and sort of came out of that period that this is what I want to do next. It all still sounds very magical, very easy. You came up with this great plan, you're pushing it forward. But in all honesty, what are the challenges? What have been the hard points for you? What, what can you tell us that's, that's raw about your experience? Uh... Oh, that's a good question. It has it has not been plain sailing, not at all. Uh, the the hard things has to do often with things you, that's sort of out of your control. So let's say ventilation breaks down, or like now when we're uh, remodeling new places, uh, all the things with fire permits and uh, I would say all technical aspects has been a challenge. But I mean, you learn. What would your advice be to someone else starting out? Stockholm really has this reputation for uh, people starting out like you, launching their own thing, coming up with their own products. What would be your advice to other people that have got that idea and they're sat in those consulting jobs or they're sat somewhere else thinking, I want to do this, but I don't know how? Just do it. It's as easy as that. It's not as easy as that to do it, but what's the worst thing that can happen? Take a chance and go for it. You've been listening to The Stockholmer, an independent production by Maddie Savage, with support for this season's episodes by Capital and My News Desk. Special thanks to our communications team, Hype United, Benoit Derrière for sound assistance, Simeon Ghost for sharing their music, and Richard Stevens for designing our logo. Music